You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show Thursday edition. Getting ready for Thursday night football and week seven. We will make picks and some previews for some of these week seven games. And there are some good ones. Broncos Browns happening tonight. And we'll get through some of the early games Sunday. Come back tomorrow and preview the rest of week seven. At BD Peacock on Twitter, at Williamson NFL is where you can find Matt and I. Hit us up there, say hi, and thanks for making us your first listen every day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Matt, before we get to these games, there is some breaking news happening over the course of the last 24 hours, and it looks like there might be some movement now on this Deshaun Watson thing. We've heard for a while that maybe the Dolphins had been inquiring and they could make a deal during the season. I have been skeptical this whole time that a deal could get done because of Watson's off the field stuff and how complicated that would be and if he'll even be allowed to play because the NFL has to do something I think and, and if he does get traded and the team tries to trot him on the field in a couple weeks does the NFL want to suspend him? Like what's going on with this whole situation? Is it going to go into next offseason? But um, John McClain of the Houston Chronicle says that uh, the Texans and Dolphins could have a a Deshaun Watson deal done this week. Uh, And other reports that it could be uh, as early as two or no later actually than Tuesday. So maybe before the weekend, maybe just after the weekend, but I want to shout out our own Cody Davis. He is the host of locked on Texans also writes for Texans wire in regards to the Texans closing in on a deal that would send Deshaun Watson to the Miami Dolphins, I am hearing, he says, that it could be a three-team deal that would send Tua to the Washington football team. And you would have to assume if the Dolphins are trading for Deshaun Watson, Tua gets flipped somewhere. Uh, The Broncos were rumored there. Those rumors have kind of been shot down by some folks around Denver. So it's sounding like maybe a three-teamer or maybe two separate deals, Deshaun Watson to the Dolphins, maybe Tua to Washington. Makes some sense. Uh, I mean, legal, well, not, I was going to say legal stuff aside, but that has to factor in. I mean, I would think Miami has some inclination of what the legal ramifications, if any, will be. That being said, they're not going anywhere this year. So if Deshaun, if it's bad and he's suspended for the rest of the year, I'm just talking NFL wise, I'm not talking legal in the real world. So what for Miami? They're not winning anything anyway. So, I mean, the only problem is they don't own their own first-round pick. They own the Niners' own first-round pick. And I'm curious how that conversation went on trade days. Well, you have two first-round picks. Which one do you want to give us? You know, like, they probably are like, well, we're going to be in the playoffs. We'll give you ours. Well, right. why don't you pick a second overall? <laughs> Side note there, you know. But I would imagine that pick's involved in the trade anyway. So what's the difference? Um, so – I mean, just getting the player for next year, I guess, is the key. And it would be a massive addition. I mean, I've been checking my phone like every hour or more, hoping to see what the compensation is, especially in a three-way deal. Like, I'm all antsy and excited about it. Like, if they send Tua and a first and something else, Watson comes their way, Tua goes to Washington, Washington gives up a second or something, or maybe a guy like Howard from Miami's involved in the deal somehow to you know to make some cap space. So that's what I'm super excited about. And I don't love Tua, but if I'm Washington and it doesn't cost me a first, 
I'm in, you know, play them the rest of the year, see how it goes. They have a pretty good line. They have some weapons. Um, at least you'd have something to hang your hat on or build around. The the old asking price that we've heard for a while was three first-round picks and two second-round picks or two starting caliber players. Like, I don't – you can't get that. Like, that. That should have been the asking price last January, right, before all yeah. this stuff came out with Deshaun Watson. They can't – I would be shocked if a team would be willing to do that, even if they were willing to do it and they knew the legal stuff was was being cleared up and they knew that the league wasn't going to suspend him. Just the optics, just like telling your fan base, like, look, we don't care what's going on off the field. We don't care if there's some creepy things going on here with this dude at best uh, and maybe a lot worse than that. We don't care. You know, we're, we're going to go bring this guy in and give up a lot for him. I, I find it hard to believe that a team would do that. To me, a team trading for Deshaun Watson midseason right now with that cloud over his head would be getting a discount on a star player that should just football-wise cost more. Right. Yeah, I mean, that's a hard thing to comment on. You're 100% right. It's just the asking price, I don't know how to, to – you know, to figure that out, you know, I mean, um, because to put it this way, there's not going to be a bidding war. Uh, it, to, uh, as far as I know, no, there's oh, only right, right, right. one team that's willing to trade. So who are you bidding against if you're the Dolphins, right? Exactly. Because not that many teams but, are willing to take that on because of the reasons I just laid out. But there might be in the off season, And this is a much bigger conversation than a Thursday allows because of the games, the preview and all. But like, if everyone's and this goes for Tua as well, these guys are digging into this upcoming draft class of quarterbacks, and you could probably go around the league and come up with ten teams that could use a quarterback, or not sure that who their starter will be next year, including some old guys like Ryan and Ben and those types, or maybe Seattle if Wilson moves. So I assume these teams, Washington in particular, is looking at. What's Tua versus Sam Howe or Strong or whoever that, you know, like, boy, I'll take that chances with the Bama dude that was a fifth overall pick as opposed to those guys that I may or may not get. You know, like, I think that is weighing heavy too and will work in Houston's favor if they're patient. You know, if they say, well, the season's over, um, Mayfield got hurt and the Browns, all they're not going to repay them and all of a sudden they're a team we didn't expect to be in the market, but they are now. Uh, Wilson's leaving Seattle and they want to give us a bunch for Watson. Uh, Denver can't get Green Bay and they're calling. Like, I think suitors will come even if they aren't now. If he's cleared. <laughs> How about the Tua stuff that's starting to come out that maybe the Dolphins coaching staff didn't really ever like Tua that much? And that would make more sense in this whole situation where they're trying to flip him for whatever they can get. And if that's the case, if they get, I've seen maybe a two and a four would come back to help the Dolphins recoup some of the picks they're sending for Watson to Houston that they would be able to get, say, a second plus for Tua. I think that's pretty good for a team that maybe didn't like him that much and maybe ownership forced him because of the bigger name that Tua was coming out of Alabama and that uh, that staff actually liked Herbert maybe a little bit more. And that's why there was not those trade-ups. Remember, there was always those rumors in the draft process that year about the Dolphins trading up to three to make sure because everybody wanted Tua. Maybe the league didn't like Tua that much. No, I think you're probably right about that. Um, you know, the whole tanking for Tua is kind of funny now. 
But I don't know that he's not a starting quarterback. He's just not Herbert or Burrow or, you know, I, I keep it's looking at that through Washington's lens. Like, if I give up a two and a four and I get to play this guy eight games this year, okay. I mean, he's probably better than what I have now. And it's certainly more valuable than Heineke or Fitzpatrick. He's a better asset than those guys. I could go ahead and trade him in a first for Wilson, maybe, or in another first, or I realize he's not our guy, or maybe I bring in Jimmy to pair with him. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, he's something. I mean, it's not like he's a throwaway. He's not Goff in the Stafford deal. There's something there, at least, and he might end up yeah. being Goff, but he, he might, he might. Which, who's a starting NFL quarterback. I, I don't want to, you know... I don't want to crap on golf, golf too much, but right. obviously he's probably not, not winning the Super Bowl with him. You know, yeah. your franchise guy. They're like, oh, good, we got Jared Goff. We're done for ten years at quarterback, um, and so we'll see what Tua ends up being for a team that maybe. And I think you're right. Looking at the draft next year, like the 2022 class doesn't look nearly as good as as the 2021 class was. I mean, it was a really good right. class. There was five quarterbacks that went in the top 15. That doesn't happen all the time. So. Um, yeah, it's a really interesting situation. We got to move on from this, but it sounds like something could get done. Do you think if Deshaun Watson shows up, last thing on this, if Deshaun Watson shows up this week and plays the following week for the Dolphins, how good are the Dolphins the rest of the way? Like, is that's that, what I was sitting there thinking too. It's like, is, is that enough to salvage their season? Did, could they make a playoff yeah. run even, or even just be a team that you're like, oh, okay, they would have been a playoff team, but they got Watson too late and they had a one and five start. That's a tough one. Maybe. I mean, because I wasn't super high on the Dolphins in the preseason because I thought they were so reliant on turnovers and special teams plays and defense and things that aren't real sticky year to year. And that's kind of held to be true, but I never expect them to be this bad. If Watson can make up for a bad O-line that might be getting a little better throughout the year with as it, with experience, and it's throwing to Gusecki and Waddle and Parker and Fuller, and, you know, I mean, if those guys get healthy, I could see that offense creeping up near average, and the defense should be good. Um, say the season might be strong, but get respectable, yeah. Preseason... Dolphins with Watson at quarterback, I would have said, yeah, this is a playoff team. They're going to be battling with maybe even battling with the Bills for the top spot. So maybe there's something to that. But they've also been very disappointing across the board, that team, aside from their quarterback situation. And Tua wasn't bad last week either. That's the other thing. No, not at all. All right, we got to move on. We got to look ahead to week seven. Let's start with Thursday night, Broncos-Browns, and move into those early Sunday games next. All right, let me talk about rockauto.com. They've been a really good friend of the Locked On Network now for a long time, and they do amazing work. And with all the increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible to stock all the parts you need for your car, truck, whatever, at a traditional chain storefront. It just makes no sense. So a lot of you do a lot of work on your cars, and it makes a lot of sense financially or as a hobby or whatever. you got to check out rockauto.com because their prices are the same for everybody and are reliably low. Rockauto.com always offers the lowest prices possible rather than changing prices based on what the market will bear, like airlines do, for example. Um, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. They have everything you're looking for. Uh, I mentioned that the prices are always reliably low and same for professionals as they are for you guys. So why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? So here's what you do. 
Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box. They know that we sent you. That's locked on, two words. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Okay, Matt, we talked with Jeff Lloyd on yesterday's program about those Cleveland Browns. How do we feel about them at home now? It's Case Keenum running the show this week on a short week. They're letting Baker rest. We'll see if Baker comes back next week. But the 3-3 three and three Broncos at the 3-3 three and three Browns. Both teams stocked down recently because of various issues. Uh, that line has changed from 1.5 to 1. So only a half point change in that line for the, the Browns being favored at home from going to from uh, Baker Mayfield to Case Keenum. How do, how do you see this thing turning out? This is a tough one Thursday night. Oh, it's yucky, but I'm really looking forward to it. I mean, <laughs> how do I feel about the Browns is what you said. I feel terrible about the Browns. I mean, neither one of their top running backs. We talked about Keenum, probably neither tackle. Landry's out, Odell's out, JOK's out. Like, where does the offense come from? Um, I don't feel great about Bridgewater coming over after, uh, I mean, uh, coming off a, a game where he threw some picks. And I, I think he'll reel it back in. But he's not 100% either. I'm taking Denver just because I think Cleveland's in such a bad spot. But frankly, I'm taking the under. I'm sitting here looking at it at 40 and a half. I really do think this is 14 points might win this thing. And and the guys I feel good about are Vaughn Miller, Miles Garrett. You know, like this could be defensive stars just dominating this game. Unblockable defensive linemen. Yeah, and it's a pretty low over-under, but even still, with these two teams, the way things are going with them, uh, weather too, we're going to start seeing some weather right, here right. in uh, late October, November, December in a lot of cities. Even California is going to have rain Sunday night football, believe it or not. So um, conditions here in Cleveland is going to be a factor tonight. Uh, you know, I think Cleveland has to be at least considered a favorite because we haven't seen the Broncos beat anybody. They've beaten no, three bad, bad teams and they've lost three straight. They're not really doing anything on either side of the ball that, that scares you. Case Keenum's a professional quarterback. He started games in the NFL. I think this could be a situation for the Browns where Keenum, Keenum comes in. Even if it's dink and dunk, you're, you're trying to run the football. They have a pretty good offensive line still. They have capable running backs. Maybe you find out who the mutters are, which is always fun, too. Remember uh, LaShawn McCoy would go for like 200 yards in the snow and in the rain? He's like, he's running the same speed he always did, and everyone else is slower. I wonder if we'll find out who the mutters are on a couple of these teams, too. And so um, it tends to be the lighter guys, I feel like. You'd think it's a power game, but sometimes there's, you know, maybe it's uh, Demetri Felton or something. Um, But uh, maybe it's uh, maybe Odell Beckham. Is a, is a factor now with a different quarterback too. We talked about that with Jeff, where I was just sure not worked with Baker and Odell. And then you know, if that happens, you guys can go ahead and trade Odell Beckham on Friday in your fantasy football leagues when he gives you that value finally this season. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's tough on this one. I agree. It, it seems like something's going to be low scoring. Um, I got to go Cleveland because they're at home and yeah. because I don't think injured hurt. Baker Mayfield, it's that big of a problem with Case Keenum, and we'll see. Maybe I'm wrong on that. Uh, and, you know, Teddy Bridgewater's offense there with the Broncos hasn't done much yet uh, this year either. So um, who runs the ball best is going to win this game, so maybe the healthy running backs of the Broncos is enough. Give me give me Cleveland. I'll give up that one point. Okay. I'm hoping this is a Javante Williams breakout game. Mm, maybe he's mm. the mutter. Yeah. I, he feels Young, like a mutter. Doesn't even you were having that mutter conversation? Like, boy, Javante Williams sure feels like a mutter. And the Browns, as we talked to with Jeff, 
they've allowed a lot of coverage busts deep downfield and things like that. I could see Sutton getting free. But, again, I, I often say this on the show. I want to bet against both teams right now. I'm not yeah. high on either one. Yeah, that's what makes this one pretty difficult. It is. How about the Washington? I shouldn't be looking forward to this game as much as I am, but I think it's going to be fun as could be. It's going to be fun because it's conditions, which always makes it interesting. We'll see if you know there's missed kicks and all of those things to go with some some wet field potentially. We'll see how bad the weather is. I don't know if it's going to be a, you know a crazy storm or if it's going to be you know just sort of light rain and it doesn't really come into that much of a factor. You know, wind is always really big for football games. Throwing the football and kicking the football um it's not going to be super cold it's looking like uh where are we at here i want to make sure i get this right with the the forecast i'm two hours away and it's like 75 here yeah it's crazy so yeah it's it's just showers and a little wind 51 degrees so it's not a crazy storm so maybe it won't be that impactful as far as the rain goes I hope it's just a, I just think it's going to be an under type of game defensive dominated mm-hmm. a couple of the defensive stars will be Man, I gotta play better because the rest of my team's in such ha- you know, bad shape right now. Like I think Miles Garrett goes crazy. Yeah, Von Miller and Miles Garrett yeah, have yeah. some. Uh, how, did you see <laughs> Miles Garrett said he's gone sleeveless twice this year? And obviously he's insanely ripped and he's a freak of nature and he's got these huge guns sticking out of his uniform. He said the two the two games he's gone sleeveless, he's gotten randomly drug test. I did see that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> uh, he's like, I, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, I think that's someone. coincidence. And then Von Miller actually had funny quotes this week, too. Like, someone was asking him about the, the Browns' right tackle. He said, I don't know who it is, but I'm going to kill him. <laughs> yeah. I think he's right. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, that could be the case. So we'll see if that's, you know, fumbles, a little wet football, uh, pass rushers getting home, turnovers. So, yeah, all right. Yeah. Let's, let's have some fun here on Thursday night. Let's go to Sunday morning where we've got the Washington football team at 2-4 and four, traveling to Green Bay. To face the five and one Packers. Packers favored by seven and a half points here. What do you think? Packers obviously favorites. Touchdown plus for Green Bay. Yeah, it's a good line. I mean, if this was that that little half is making this hard for me because I think Green Bay at home wins this game, probably controls this game. But do they beat them by a million? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think Washington will run the ball well, even if Gibson's not a hundred percent. I think McLaurin can do some good things. Um, but Washington, you talk about coverage busts. I think Devontae Adams just feasts on these guys. And you know Rodgers is going to destroy any misstep in coverage. He's never going to not recognize it. I'll lay the seven and a half. They're starting to get a little healthier, too. Yeah, I'm taking Green Bay here. The seven and a half is not going to scare me off. They're too good. Uh, I don't think it'll look a lot different than it looked maybe last week against the Bears. Even if it's close, I think the Packers can pull away here. And, uh, you know, I see something like a 10-point win for the Packers at home against Washington. Okay. It was reeling, and now there's rumors about their quarterback change. So there's probably a little bit of funky vibes going on in that locker room right now. I would think. I mean, I would think so. As if there weren't enough funky vibes around that organization. Right. How about this one? little marquee matchup in the AFC. Maybe even a playoffs preview with the 3-3 three and three Chiefs traveling to Tennessee to face the 4-2 and two Titans. Chiefs favored by 4.5 on the road. Whew. Are they going to do anything against Derrick Henry? You know, like, I always think that the first, and no matter who the Titans are playing, can they at least get in the way and slow him down a little. And I thought AJ Brown, despite fighting an illness or stomach virus or whatever it was, looked like himself. But I think Tennessee's offense is going to put up points. And I know the chief's offense is going to put up points. 
at home plus four and a half. I'm afraid I'm overreacting and that Vegas is, you know, luring us here a little bit just for a recency bias. The Titans beat the Bills, so now they'll beat the Chiefs. I don't know about that, you know, but I'll take the four and a half at home. Yeah, I just, the way the Chiefs are playing, uh, the way the Titans, uh, they, they, the Titans showed me something. I was impressed with them. They, they yeah, dominated yeah. up front. They were good on both sides of the ball. Can Jeffrey Simmons, you know, give Patrick Mahomes problems up the middle? Probably. And so uh, four and a half, I'll take those points and, and give me the Titans here with those four and a half. Uh, I think straight up I would still take the Chiefs. But how about this? Derrick Henry, he's got almost as many carries, 162 carries this year, as Patrick Mahomes has completed passes. And, <laughs> I didn't hear that and, one. Yeah, 162 Holy to smoke. 167. And how about this for Derrick Henry? He's already got 783 rushing yards and 10 touchdowns through six weeks. Uh, he, a 17-game season, he might break the all-time rushing record. I don't he know might. what that pace is, but it's pretty darn huge. It's like 2,500-yard pace. Wow. That's remarkable. And the offense is starting to come around around him, you know, which might even help. You know, like if, if Julio yeah. could stay healthy. and I mean, they haven't had much of a passing game, and he's been doing Julio and AJ, and that, that Chiefs defense is ripe. Oh, yeah. Right? And it uh, looks like good weather there. Well, that's so, going to be a fun one. Yeah. And the, the over is high, 57.5 points. I don't know if I would go over that, but uh, you can see why it's got a high over-under. Oh, yeah. I mean, I bet Tyreek has a huge day. You know, I mean, there's uh, there's a lot of fireworks in that one. They might need Tannehill in this one. They might need that passing game to show up. Yeah, and I think it's coming around. I think A.J. Brown's being slept on a little as mm-hmm. a total superstar just because he's been a little up and down this year and injured. Yeah, you mentioned that. Uh, I don't remember when it was. Uh, earlier this week, maybe it was after Monday Night Football, that A.J. Brown is someone you'd be targeting to trade for in, in fantasy leagues. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Even like Locked on Dynasty when I, Ryan and I talk about you know who's the most valuable receivers in Dynasty – when the season started, he was in the conversation for number one. And then they traded for Julio, went down a little. This year, he's getting surpassed by the C.D. Lambs and Jamar Chases. And now he's like six, seven, eight on the list. I'm like, ooh, I'll buy him at that price. How about those Miami Dolphins at one and five? They are hosting the Atlanta Falcons at two and three. Atlanta on the road favored by two and a half points. The Dolphins looked awful last week and, and really have nothing on their resume that makes you think they're a good team, except for maybe what you thought of them in the preseason. Now they might be changing quarterbacks. Bad vibes there. But a Falcons team that doesn't give you much confidence either, should they be favored on the road? Coming off a bye, I guess that's something. Um, I'm not sure this is 100% accurate because I just saw it quickly on my phone because I was getting so excited about the Watson Miami news. But I don't think Tua practiced yesterday, which would make perfect sense because if you're if he's in the middle of a trade, you're not going to practice him. What if he steps on a, steps in a hole or tears up his knee or something? So I wonder. I'm kind of betting that Brissett plays this game, you know, which is okay. You know, I mean that's not the end of the world. I mean I still think. This game is a quiet one for fireworks, too. You know, I mean, 47 and a half over under. Ridley's back. Pitts. I think Atlanta's offense is starting to come around, but their defense is horrendous. So I'm kind of thinking this is a sneaky shootout type of game. I'll give the two and a half. If Tua doesn't play, then we'll know that something's up here. And yeah, he was listed as limited 
at practice Wednesday listed as questionable for the game this week. And it does sound like they're just going to handle him with kids gloves and, and not let him get hurt if they're, you know, trying to get some compensation there for him yeah. in a trade, which would really point to the Falcons. And, you know, it's, it's only two and a half points. So Falcons by a field goal. I think I can buy that one. And so, uh, and you mentioned it, Pitts and, and Ryan and uh, Calvin Ridley all together. Maybe they've, Maybe they can uh, win a, a shootout type of a game. You're going over 47 and a half, I would assume. I think that's a pretty smart bet. Yeah. Uh, here's a quick note, though. I'm a big football outsiders fan, and I love their DVOA stuff. You would think Miami would be last in DVOA. It's the Falcons. They're 32nd. They have no respect for Atlanta, which oh. I can understand a little. So, and, and Dolphins are 31 then? I don't know that. Okay. I should. They're, I mean, but the way they play, they four. certainly should be in the conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, let's move along here. Finish up the early games Sunday. The 10 a.m.ers for us on the West Coast, 1 p.m. for you on the East Coast. Uh, no idea what time for you internationally, but we are international here on the podcast, Matt. We've got Jets, Patriots, Panthers, Giants, Bengals, Ravens coming up. I know you love that football season is back and rolling, and I know you've learned a lot in the early going of the season. You can put that to use at betonline.ag. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. New updated site and interface, more odds, props, contests than ever before. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. And you can bet on other things as well. We've got baseball playoffs going on basketball, hockey, boxing, your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take an advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. And you can get a special bump with 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code Locked On. So go ahead over to your mobile device, website, desktop computer. You can access betonline.ag however you want. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Promo code locked on to receive your 50% welcome bonus. Bet online where the game starts. If Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears, Matt, I would assume that Bill Belichick has some shares in the New York Jets, right? And the Patriots this week are hosting <laughs> those Jets. The one and four Jets coming into New England to face the two and four Patriots. Things haven't been great for the Pats, but um, it's odd for a two and four team to be favored by so much. But they're favored by a touchdown here, seven points. Pats over Jets. What you got here? I think that's a little rich. I mean, Jets coming off a bye. I mean, new coach, new staff, bright young coaching staff, new quarterback. I think that bye week helps them take a step back, get a little healthier, figure out what this league's all about, and come in a little fresher than the Patriots. And they rush the passer. And I think Elijah Moore, for example, and Michael Carter could have much better post-buy numbers than they did pre-buy. So I think the Jets hang around. What do you think about those those pass catchers there? Obviously, a lot is based on the quarterback, the new system there with a young rookie quarterback trying to figure things out and, you know, banged up offensive line. But and I'm not sure when Mekhi Becton's coming off. He might be eligible to come off injured reserve pretty soon here. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about that. That's a good one. And they, they need him. They definitely need him. But, like, Elijah Mitchell and um, – uh, who was the second round receiver from last year? I'm blanking on his name, but I, I liked him coming out of Baylor. Mims. Mims, yeah, Mims. Yeah, uh, like w- w- 
what do you think? Do you think those guys can have a big second half? Because Elijah Moore, well, you and I both loved him. You loved him even I more know. than I did. He was a high second round pick. Uh, he's been just like completely AWOL so far for the Jets. Is that just a, a rookie quarterback, rookie receiver combination? Or do you, do you think there's maybe uh, maybe he was a little overrated coming out? Because, uh, you know, I thought he was in that same group with Rondale Moore and um, uh, Kadarius Toney that are, that are all breaking out now. Yeah, I'm not concerned about him. I just think it was in a bad situation. And I do think he's set up to have a much better second half. I mean, I, I do believe all the reports that he was uncoverable in practice and all those things. Um, he also had a little bit of injury stuff early on. So I I, I caught him. I drafted him in my fantasy league. I caught him. I just couldn't hold on to him any longer doing nothing. But, boy, mm-hmm. he's my eyeballs are squarely on him as, as like a watch list type of guy. But the Patriots, can they figure something out on offense? I mean, Mac Jones is not playing bad, but it's very dink and dunk. Um, they're, they're not running the ball great. It's better when Harris is in there, but they've got some other young running backs. Like, what, what, what is the thing that you look at the Patriots? And that's what worries me about the Patriots. And we had a question yesterday about a Patriots breakout. I don't see it because what are you hanging your hat on there? Like, what they don't have as many bullets as they used to on defense. You got Bill Belichick, which is all fine. And so you might play some close games, but that's why I'm going to take the Jets here because I don't think they can win straight up necessarily. But seven points, I'm not sure the Patriots will beat anybody by seven points, but I think they could beat a team like the Jets by three points just by playing your classic Patriots Bill Belichick game. But I, against good opponents, I don't see what they hang their hat on to go out and, you know, and, and win a game and even blow out some, some bad opponents. Yeah, seven to give anybody for them the way they play shorten the game you know don't uh, i think it's just too big a number how about those carolina panthers that much like the broncos started out very hot have faltered a little bit lately i don't think it was as much smoke and mirrors and opponent based for the panthers as it was for the broncos but they got to show me something here and they got a good opportunity to go on the road to new york uh, and beat the one in five giants panthers on the road favored by a field goal Part of me kind of wants to bet on the Giants thinking, I think Daniel Jones and company are a little better than they showed last week. They're at home as a dog. But Andrew Thomas is out, and you bring this up a lot. I mean, the Panthers can rush the passer, and they have a good young defensive front. Gilmore is going to play in this game. I think, you know, Carol or Darnold will probably get a little bit more help than he's gotten with drops and things like that. I think I'll lay the three on the road. Yeah, I'm taking the Panthers here. It's not a big enough line. If there was, uh, you know, if they were favored by, you know, six or seven points, maybe you'd go with that home dog here. I just don't think it's enough. And the way the Giants have played has been bad. I don't, you know, it's not like a a California to New York trip. And even we saw that last week with the Rams, it still blew them out after that trip. So, yeah, give me the Panthers. Darnold. Just don't turn the ball over. Panthers win. Yeah, reel it in. A and look, bit. last week too, uh, you know, there were some turnovers, but like uh, DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, they couldn't catch the ball. I think it was just a no, fluky right. game for the Panthers. Just catch the ball, DJ Moore. Do your thing, and DJ Moore is awesome. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah, I think the Panthers D will kind of rule the day here. Right. Yep, I believe so. How about those four and two? Here's a good one in the uh, AFC North, by the way. Oh yeah, well, I think we're going to learn a lot about those Bengals on the road at the Baltimore Ravens. Four and two Bengals at five and one Ravens. Baltimore favored by six and a half over a four and two team. Uh, and and the Ravens were a team that we were like, what's going on with these guys? And they they really made a statement last week. But 
we we were not quite sure because they they won some close games and uh, the ball bounced their way a couple times. They could have a, a record that's maybe four and two or worse, like the Bengals have. So, uh, what are we looking at with these two football teams? I like where the Bengals are a lot, and I think their defense is the thing no one's talking about. It's really performed like a top five defense. They haven't played the, the most difficult slate of uh, offenses out there, but. It's been it's night and day from last year. Everyone knows I love Burrow and their weapons, and Mixon looked healthy and awesome last week. Um, I'm still taking the Ravens in their building. I think they're just playing better. Lamar's playing extremely well. As much as I like Burrow, I would expect the Ravens to baffle him a little bit, kind of like they did Herbert. You know, young quarterbacks versus Wake Martindale's you know blitz packages and all that stuff can be a problem. And then I stole this from Shieldcopedia from The Athletic today and just tweeted it out. And I didn't realize it was this dominant. But since the beginning of last year, the Ravens are 30-8 and eight since the start of the 2019 season, sorry, and which is the best record in the league. And they've outscored their opponents over that almost two-and-a-half-year stretch now by 461 points. <laughs> I mean, by far the biggest in the league. And then Shield wrote me back and said, the Saints are second at 298. I mean, they're plus 298 over that stretch. The Ravens are plus 461. I mean, it doesn't matter for this week, but I just wanted to give credit to the birdies there for that one. Yeah, it's tough for me. Six and a half. I think the Ravens can win this by a touchdown, and I'm it's wait and see for me with the Cincinnati Bengals. I like the four and two, but you look at their resume mm-hmm. this year. They've only played one team that's got a winning record, and that was a loss to the Packers, but it was close. It was 25-22. They lost that by a field goal, so they nearly upset those Packers at the time but um and they lost to the Bears earlier on in the year and their wins were against your Steelers the Vikings uh then they beat the Jaguars and the Lions so you know those last two wins Jags and and Lions are definitely not impressive at all so the the Ravens are aside from the Packers the best team they've played this year and they haven't proven that they can beat those teams, and they're on the road, so it's really hard for me. This would have to be a pretty big line for me to bet against the way the Ravens are playing right now. Yeah, I mean, it's not long ago that the Bengals were the Jags and the Lions. So, massive yes. progress. And I saw some of these Tuesday power ranks that always come out across the, the internet, and you know, t- people have them at 10, 11. I'm like, ooh. I mean, uh, they're, to me, like... Uh, maybe slightly above average. I mean, I don't think they're nearly a top 10 type of team. And how about this one? How about the Rashad Bateman now breakout, the rookie? And this is going to be fun because Jamar Chase is on the other side, a couple of first round rookies. And, uh, you know, maybe that's the Bengals recipe. Get that, you know, that big play from Jamar Chase that he's done multiple times this year, run the ball a little bit with a healthier Joe Mixon and, and be able to have a good game plan against Lamar Jackson. Maybe maybe they do have that recipe, and they've played Lamar Jackson a few times, so maybe they know how, and sometimes you can throw out the records with these division yeah. opponents, but uh, I'm looking at Rashad Bateman. Now that he's got his feet wet last week, and he was involved, and he was targeted. We'll see if he's a factor and see how different that Ravens offense looks now that he's ready to go and he's healthy. Yeah, I, I love the player. I mean, trust me, the, the Steeler fan in me really hated when they made that selection. Like, oh, man, that's exactly what they need. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, I mean, it's a route runner, do-it-all receiver, you know, Brown's a certain type, Andrew's a certain type, Bateman's right in the middle, which is perfect. Um, but I do think this game is more about the Bengals than the Ravens. I think we'll learn more about them. We'll get to those late games tomorrow. We've got uh, Eagles, Raiders, Rams, Lions, 
Texans, Cardinals. We got the Niners and Colts on Sunday night football. We've got oh wait, Bears and Buccaneers as well. And then the Saints and Seahawks Monday night. We'll preview and make picks for the rest of the week seven schedule. And thanks for making us your first listen right here, Peacock and Williamson.